Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am your host today, TJ Van Toll, along with my co-host, Paige Niedringhaus. Hey, everyone. And Jack Harrington. Hey there. How you doing? Yeah. So today we're going to do a panelist episode, and this should be a fun one because at least when we're recording this, it is newly 2023. We're yeah. into a new year. Freshly minted. <laughs> As I think is a, a common tradition, we wanted to take this episode to talk about some predictions, some hot takes, what we think. We, we definitely won't replay this episode. We're just going to leave these hot takes here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> just going to assume we're completely correct. <laughs> roll with it. But let's just dive right into it. And Jack, you you volunteered. You've got our first hot take. So you want to you wanna open us up? Sure. I'm going to go geeky on my first hot take. And I'm going to say that 2023 is all about hydration. And I don't mean that mm. from a, a fluid standpoint. <laughs> I mean that from, <laughs> which is important, by the way. Very important. Stay hydrated. But uh, if you look at like Next.js 13, you look at Astro, you know, all of the frameworks are trying to address the issue of hydration where I don't even, I think a lot of folks don't even know that this happens. Like you make an SSR server and you run your application twice. You run it on once mm -hmm. on the server and then you run it again on the client. People are like, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. No, that happens like every time. Like, you know, and try to teach people about it. And then no, no, no. And, but no, it's for realsies and trying to figure out how to. And then the problem there, right, is that when you run the client, there's a lot of time, depending on, on the speed of your client and all that, to get to interactive. And so if you're running like an e-commerce site, woof, that's not great. Because like, you really want people to be able to just click that buy button, like right away, boom, 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 boom. Right. And so this gets in that way and they're trying to figure out how to do it. So you got like React server components on Next.js 13. You've got Astro trying to like do this islands architecture. I think this is the year that we really kind of focus on. Yeah, you just have to look back into our last few episodes, right? Yeah. Or the last episodes <laughs> of last year, because I feel like this comes up anytime we talk to somebody working on modern framework, this comes up as their features or one of the things they're focusing on. Like you said, the React team itself with React server components is kind of getting into this game as well. But I think what we don't have quite yet is a winner, right? Like no. there's, mm -hmm. it's sort of in that phase where everybody's just sort of experimenting and we don't know what the the thing that we're going to consolidate on and the, the best option is. It's it's kind of in a phase now where the, the early experimenters are trying to sort of figure this out. So mm -hmm. it's a good prediction because we don't know where, where the winds are going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of adding on to that prediction, I think... This year, we're going to continue to see React be the dominant framework, uh, oh. whether that is using Next.js, whether it's using Gatsby, whether it's using something else. But I think it's going to continue to be the biggest dog in the in the room. But I think that Svelte is also going to continue to gain popularity. It seems like I have been hearing nonstop about Svelte and developers jumping on that bandwagon. So if I was to hazard a guess, I say I would say that that would probably be another good framework to at least check out and try to build something with just just to say that you have, because I have a feeling that more and more employers are going to start looking at that as a viable alternative. I think it's gotten to the point where with SvelteKit 1.0 being out, it's finally starting to reach that critical mass where people are probably willing to take a chance on it and put it into production in a bigger way. So. I think that's going to be something that we see a lot more of this year. Yeah, I think that's like the key next step is because I feel like Svelte and the other one that I had in my list was Solid, which I feel like mm. doesn't, doesn't have quite the momentum as Svelte, but is kind of in that same, I'd almost throw it in the same bucket as like mm -hmm. trying to rise up to, to become the next sort of React. But it's 
it's can it break through into like, like you said, like your big company ecosystem, because right now I feel like if you're building an enterprise app today, you're still picking probably react, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe angular, maybe view. And maybe I don't think I don't, I don't think spelt is quite in that conversation yet, which is, which is weird, because framework wise, I almost feel like I mean, we've both used it, Paige, and I like when I tried it out, I actually preferred it over React. But then at the same time, when that app was done, I kind of was like, eh, guess going back to my day to day. I got into and out of, uh, out of Svelte so many times. And every time I get into it, I'm like, dang, this is really, why don't I use this more? And then it's like, mm-hmm. back to Mama, back to React. And you're like, why? I don't understand. But I got to say, I tried out Svelte Kit uh, like a week ago, and mm-hmm. it was around like they have this forms interface essentially you know you can have a form it automatically you know just like old school it posts to the server and then you can just literally put like an extra little tag on it and say hey this is going to be client side and then boom it takes it's so cool isn't it benjamin it's crazy cool and i you know i'm just like wow i got i i wish i could use i mean like react just doesn't have that and yeah yeah and then it comes back to the hydration which is it's a lot easier to rehydrate an app that's 20k, which is what your spelt kit, anyway, what your spelt app's going to be, versus a meg, you know, mm-hmm. on the client, right? And so, yeah, you want that's what these, that's what's solid, and that's what spelt kit you is like crazy efficient, well, client code and also server code. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess one of the things going to back to what TJ was saying about we use it, but then we, you know, walk away and and go back into a Next.js application. It's for me getting to figure out how Svelte works was not the easiest thing. Like pawing through the documentation, you're trying to find, trying to figure out how to ask the right question has was always more of a problem for me. So I guess maybe I'm just more familiar with the way that React thinks about things, approaches things, and I was able to better find the answers that I needed quickly. And with Svelte, it wasn't as clear. But like you said, as, as Svelte continues to grow and gain popularity, there will be more Stack Overflow posts. There will be more just general tutorials that go beyond the basics. There will be more of those really spe- specific use cases that we seem to run into and showing you how different people overcame them. So I think that's that's a big thing that's going to help push it forward is just more and more people trying to do really specific things, which is what we always end up doing as developers. It's not the the out-of-the-box functionality. It's always the really special little use cases and edge cases that we have to deal with that people haven't usually addressed early on in a framework's life cycle. Yeah, more more fodder for the AI machine, <laughs> right? You know, more more examples for chat GPT and copilot mm-hmm. and, and codex to nom mm-hmm. through co-pilot. and brings us to AI. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I, yeah, that was going to be. I, I think we were going to get there eventually, but that yeah, was that was the top of my all list. Lo- all is, roads lead to Rome. I I feel like well, Rome's an overloaded term in the JavaScript <laughs> world too. <laughs> True I, had, True I had that on my list too, but uh, <laughs> but AI, I think like you you can't avoid it nowadays. In in really, I was going to say the JavaScript world, but we can make that broader and just say the development world or the world. <laughs> I guess, I guess in general, but I don't see how AI won't play a bigger role in our lives, Mm -hmm. especially just from a development perspective moving on. Because I feel like this year we got a taste of Copilot. When did Copilot launch to the public? I feel like it was kind of 
early 2022. Am I remembering that right? It feels like it's been longer. Well, I'm trying to remember when it went from public beta to pay. pay. Yeah. And I think that that was, I think it came out actually in 2021, but maybe that was just the free beta test. And then 2022, they announced the new pricing rollout. It looks like the, uh, the general availability to developers was June 20. Oh, hold on. Now I'm confusing myself. June 2021 was when it was a beta. And then earlier and then the middle of 2022 is when it became like a paid product sort of Got thing it. that they're offering. Mm-hmm. So what an exciting life it's had. Yeah. A mere well, year and a half. So I think that was like our first taste as developers into the world of AI. But mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that even Copilot as a tool has evolved, but now it's starting to with ChatGPT and these other tools out there getting some competition in terms of what's available and i'm curious what you two think like how how will it actually affect like our our day-to-day jobs give it yeah give us, give us a question you really want to see will it take our jobs right, <laughs> right? Will machines finally will, take, will our machine jobs? take our jobs exactly <laughs> i don't know uh, i mean i really i haven't played too much with chat gpt i've read some articles about it i've looked at it i've kind of poked at it but i haven't done too much with it i I would say that it's not going to take our jobs because that's what everybody always worries about in the first half. I think what it's going to do is kind of what frameworks and higher level languages have done for coding in general. You know, we went from having punch cards and doing having to figure out simple calculations with computers to having frameworks and languages like JavaScript, like Python, that made it less close to the metal abstracted away some of the really hard stuff, pointers and null exceptions and memory usage and things like that, that we didn't have to think about anymore. And I have a feeling that AI is going to take a similar approach. I think it will continue to do the stuff that we don't really want to think about so that we can actually get to the point of building the things that we want, whether it's web applications or e-commerce or VR you know, I think it'll just take care of the, the things that we don't really care about doing anyway, so that we can do the interesting, fun, deep work that we like to do, which is when you get in the flow and you're just, you know, think, clicking things together and it's working. So I don't think that we're quite to the point yet where computers are going to take over and write our code for us. I think it'll just continue to help us and make our jobs easier and make it make it so that we can do even cooler things and build even more complex applications that can do more, you know, going forward. I like to be optimistic about that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, I don't think it's coming for our jobs either, because I think where AI really shines is when there are clear inputs and outputs. And so much of our job is very much in the nuance. And so I think it's going to be a while before those tools can approach what your average developer can actually perform. The biggest thing I'm finding is that increasingly ChatGPT is becoming an alternative to Google for me in a sense, mm-hmm. because normally my workflow for like 20 years now has been if I have a problem, I go to Google and, yeah. and then I start sifting through Stack Overflow posts and more recently GitHub issues, right? And mm-hmm. you're wading through all this stuff, trying to interpret the different responses. I find that ChatGPT is just better at that. Like it, it sort of intelligently has already combed through all of that for me. And it's not perfect. Sometimes it, it gets it wrong, 
But I've been shocked at how often it gives me the right answer right away, right? And I have something I can immediately use. And it just is so in a way, it's for me, it's just like an efficiency thing. It's the same sort of thing with Copilot. It's like mm-hmm. typing something right in my editor it saves me from going out and having to interpret 15 different Stack Overflow posts and try to find the one I need. It just gives me an answer that's more often than not, like better than I expected and might might even literally be exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. So I asked ChatGPT, will you take my job? and chat gpt said no it said that the interesting parts of software engineering you know are are are, uh you know or the novel parts that essentially can't replace with things like you know debugging working on you know or designing features understanding complex systems it just can't do that and and Mm -hmm. that's the way I i like to think about these things is just think at a practical level like, hey, today one, we replaced Sally Smith and Joe Schmo with AI coders. Like, what do they do? Like, how can they debug an existing bug? Mm-hmm. No, no, they can't. They can't understand the existing code base. They can't talk to product managers to work through. Like, I mean, there's this great meme and it's got like a one panel that shows like what we tell an artist. And it's like a very, you know, I want something that feels like this and has, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then what do we tell an AI? And it's like very precise. You know, we want a, you know, princess with ruby rings, blah, 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 right? Very concise, very, you know, exact. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I've got literal Jira bugs on the product I'm working on. And they only have a title. Right. There's just a title. There's no description. There's no comments. There's no nothing. It's literally just add this, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just me talking to the, the PM. And it's like, okay, I know what it is. And she knows what it is. And mm-hmm. there you go. That's all you need. How's an AI going to make hide in her hair of that? Like, it's, yeah. it's impossible. And so, yeah, I, I don't see it replacing senior engineers for sure. And I definitely see it. I see junior engineering still being a real job because that's, what I think people need to understand why we hire junior engineers, which is effectively open up space for senior engineers to do more other stuff and to get those folks trained up on the team to be productive members of, uh, you know, eventually grow into senior engineers. So like, all of the stuff that we expect a junior engineer to do, like maybe 10% of that can be done by an AI. So no, there's still going to be senior engineer jobs. There's still going to be junior engineer, engineer jobs. There'll be all kinds of jobs. <laughs> It'll just be easier. Yeah, I see it like it's just like a a new tool that we're going to have available. And so like anything else, it's it's probably a tool you want to start playing with in very much the sense that like being a good Googler is an important developer skill, like knowing how to find information you're looking for. I feel like using these AI tools is going to be the same sort of thing. Like I it's a super powerful tool at our disposal and you're going to want to know how to use them because that's just going to be a part of our lives moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to look at it, TJ. You know, get your hands dirty, try it out, know how to use it, but also know the other skills, all the other skills that come with being a developer and be comfortable getting into those and learning them. <laughs> I'll say, though, from like a design perspective, that like that could be far more interesting because I've like playing with some of these image tools, it's amazing how often, because you can run them multiple times, it's amazing how often you can get like, say, an icon that you need and just mm-hmm. describe exactly the icon you want. It'll spit out 20 of them. It might spit out one that is exactly what you need for your app. It's not perfect yet. No. Um, yeah. But it has, there, there are far more clear like input output for that sort of thing than there is with development. 
So yeah. it's it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. <laughs> and if you flip it on the head on his head from fear into opportunity, yeah, you know, I think it actually there's so much. I I, I have you? Oh, I showed you guys like Mid Journey, which is this Discord mm-hmm. server yeah. where you can literally just go in there and start typing in. You, know, you just give it a prompt, and it gives you some some icons or whatever. You right? It's great. I mean, I took. Imagine, which is this Python stable diffusion to app, you know, or a command line and just wrapped it in a discord bot. And, you know, it was an hour's worth of work. And I had something that was 90% of, of mid, of mid journey and mid journey is making a lot of money. Like they're, they're, they actually charge for that. Like you, they give you a bunch of freebies and then they try <laughs> as you do, you know, you charge. And so, the, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity out there for developers to go in and say, wow, cool. We can go and capitalize on this. Like I, mm-hmm. I could really easily see making an app that you take a picture of your dog and it gives you lots of funny dog pictures for like five bucks. Oh, I think That's money. I think like I, I love turning it on instead of a fear, looking at it as an opportunity because there's so it's it's such an under leveraged thing. Like there's mm-hmm. I mean, I've used Lenza. It was my pick on the previous mm, yeah. episode to generate avatar images. That's just some developer was smart enough to say like, hey, what if we took pictures of someone's face and just like extract, you know, threw them into one of these AI tools, you know, they didn't invent the, the they're leveraging some other AI tool, but they're charging right. for it on top of it. I gave them money. Lots of other people gave them money, right? <laughs> There's so many other app ideas, business ideas, right? Like think mm-hmm. of all the, there's, there's other than Copilot, there's very little or maybe no developer tooling right now. But imagine if you had a VS code extension that could generate icon sets with AI or could generate uh, like beginning library, right? There's there's just a lot that you could potentially do with this. And so I think it's our, our prediction for 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, TJ, that Amazon is working on an AI assistant. Oh, um, that's right. And yeah, I can't I re- remember what the name of it is, but I think that that, that might be one of the only competitors to Copilot at this point. And we don't eat, we, like you said, we can't even remember what it's called. So, right, so Copilot is, is Codex, which is OpenAI. But in this, co- in this case, I think it's exclusively licensed for Microsoft. So mm-hmm. that's that. I think Google yeah. is also, they've also got a coding AI. Maybe it's released, maybe it's not, but I've definitely heard of it. So now, yeah, maybe this AI. Well, I would and, be surprised. I looked at, it is Amazon Code Whisperer. Oh, right. You can build applications faster with the ML-powered coding companion. Yes. (laughs) Well, we'll see if Amazon Whisper starts to gain ground this year, I guess. (laughs) All right. So let me ask you two, what do you think is the next framework that is going to be either open source funded or VC backed or acquired by a company? You know, Shopify bought uh, Remix. Remix. Netlify and React, or sorry, not Netlify, React and Next.js are pretty much one in the same now. So who's going to be the next one that either gets acquired or gets venture capital funding? Oh, man, who's left? Because the uh, Rich <laughs> Rich Harris behind Spelt, right? He now works for Vercel, right. yeah. which yeah. is kind of like acquiring in a sense, at least on their payroll. And what about uh, Ryan? Uh, oh, oh, scoop me! I was going to say solid start. Um, Dang. Oh. But what, what is he, what is he doing nowadays? Um, I think he's still he he's not he hasn't scooped yet. Okay, then yeah, I think yeah. that's a pretty good pick. <laughs> yeah, I think solid start. That, 
we've been they've been talking in the solid world for a while about how like that's what you really need is you need a framework, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not enough to have the live the view library. You have to have all of it. You got to have routing. You got to have SSR. You got to have SSG. You got to all that stuff, right? And you know, I think so. Now that's solid start for solid. Wow. I, I, Maybe Astro. Astro might get acquired by somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I thought they. Were, I thought they were a company. I don't know. They might have I do think it's funny that like so many of these things have been acquired that we're trying to remember, <laughs> 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 which these frameworks have yet to be scooped up. Right, right, right. Huh. Yeah, there just aren't that. I mean, everybody complains. Ah, oh, there's so many JavaScript frameworks, JavaScript frameworks about every week, but they don't. They don't. Like, I, and I should know. I get random people like saying, "Hey, I made this JavaScript framework. You want to go check it out? Blah 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 blah. blah. You want to go make a video on it?" And I'm like. Uh huh. Okay, sure. And then I go on to like the npm stuff, and it's like a, like thirty weekly downloads or whatever. And you're like, okay, it looks good, man. You know, mm-hmm. get a few more people. <laughs> so uh, Ryan from Ryan Carniato is full time working OS o, uh, OSS at Netlify. So um, okay, there we go. So I don't know if he still probably owns the rights to it. I would imagine, oh, but quick. Oh, quick. Oh, yeah. I haven't th- th- thought about quick in a long time. They kind of come and go, you know. It, it, these things, wow. It, we've gotten very flash in the panty when it comes to. Because remember Bun? Like Bun was supposed yes. to like take over the universe and everything. And mm-hmm. it's like, my apologies to anybody out there who's like a total Bun head, but like, kind of go think it realized on that dreaming currently. But it's still <laughs> cool, you know. These things just take time. Yeah. But yeah, I think quick has an, again, because of hydration. It's all about it's all about hydration. <laughs> Do you think that Mastodon is going to overtake Twitter? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I uh, I wish them the best of luck, but it's like the the for it to go mainstream, like it has to be way more user-friendly and easy to get into. Cause I think it might take off in tech circles just because of Yeah, totally. I could see it becoming a niche that our people like us in our audience could could totally start using but in mm-hmm. terms of like a social phenomenon like twitter is i i just don't see it you know what's yeah. the itch that twitter scratches i'm not shouting into the void i guess uh, i guess <laughs> i it just it's not fun i mean i i guess to me like a discord server where you're chatting with folks that have similar interests I mean, it's mm-hmm. very interactive. It's very there. You know, I think that's more interesting than than shouting into the void and seeing how many people are like, "Whoa, that's great!" You know, <laughs> like, there's too many voids to shout into now. You know, you have yeah. the Facebook void, the Twitter void, Instagram, TikTok. If you're young enough and on that, which I am not and don't care about, mm. LinkedIn void. I mean, there's you just throw out something, and there's people randomly posting and patting themselves on the back and you know talking about whatever and i think we're all just mostly tired of that like i like having conversations with people but just you know there's there's not a lot of point to it i don't think it's weird because probably i mean we we talk about like advice for staying up to date on this podcast quite a bit and one of Mm -hmm. the top things on my list historically was always get involved with twitter and and it was because at least years ago for me it was the best place to keep up on news to actually interact with people in the javascript world and i feel like that's becoming less 
True. At least yeah. for me, like I find I get my news more from just a variety of places. Newsletters probably mm-hmm. more commonly nowadays than than yeah. Twitter. Um, so I, I mean, I still use Twitter. I still kind of begrudgingly <laughs> like like using Twitter, but I feel like it's becoming less of a hub for the tech world in general. Mm-hmm. It's because it's all just hot take BS, right? It, 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 that's the thing. Like if you put out there something obnoxious, you're just going to get a lot of a lot of views and a lot of likes and a lot or whatever, a lot of interaction, right? Love, love it or hate it, you're going to get a lot of interaction, a good ratio. Mm-hmm. And that does, that's not conducive to actually saying anything meaningful. That's just... You're going to get what you're going to get, right? That's the reward. I think you're totally right, TJ. Like, like the there are some really good React newsletters out there. Subscribe to those. And they mm-hmm. do a good job. And they every once in a while, highlight a video of mine. So I'm always happy about that. So, you know, <laughs> yep. They like to it. shout your, your videos yeah, you've been Jack. You've been hot lately in the newsletters, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Rising star of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I hit 99,000 subs today. Oh, wow. Nice. Awesome. So close. <laughs> <laughs> <Thousand away. laughs> what are the milestones for the special YouTube plaque? Hundreds. It's a hundred. Okay. A hundred and a million. Okay. Nice. Wow. You're going to get it this month. No question. I hope so. <laughs> Very excited. Yes. <laughs> All right. I've got another one. This is kind of the, the flip side of what Paige asked with acquiring and I, I almost wonder if the VC money in the JavaScript world is going to start to dry up, actually, Ooh. because we 2022 was not the greatest year for VC funding and the markets and the economy just sort of in general. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to me to see whether some of these companies that have taken on money that I'm not still totally sure how they're making money. So I, I looked up a few of these, right? There's there's the big ones with like Vercel raised $102 million which at least they're well, either they have a hosting offering. Yeah. I don't know how they're making back that much money, but at least, at least they have a product and they're, they're pretty well used. Then you have Rome tools, which raised like four and a half million dollars. You have Dino, which raised $21 million. And like, there's some other ones too, that I'm, I'm probably not thinking of, but I'm wondering. Raised seven. Which one? Bun raised seven. They did. Oh my God. And seven, seven. <laughs> for bun, for bun. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I, yeah, I, I mean, maybe, but like, I feel like the money spout is got to dry up here because I don't know how these yeah. companies like, like Vercel out of those, out of those, that list, Vercel's the only one that's got like a real thing that's out there and, and widely used and has some way of making money. The rest of these, like, how is that? Dino, is it Dino Dino? I think it's Dino. 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 Yeah. Has Dino yeah. made a scent? Do they have plans for how I, they're going to make sense? Like I don't, don't, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't so. make it a scent, but they if they've got a good product. Dino is actually really really good, and the Dino Edge stuff is actually pretty pretty cool. I just don't know anybody that's like any big companies that have jumped on the Dino bandwagon and been like, "Yep, we're a Dino shop now." No, you know? I hear some of the developers that I listen to on on other podcasts talk about it a little bit, but Dino has been really quiet this year in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're, you know, cooking something up for 2023 and now this this is going to be their year to kind of come back into the headlines, but for 2022, it didn't really seem like they were doing much. Um, well, they, they added support for, for no model. Okay, yeah. So they're their... basically becoming another yarn or another <laughs> PMPM or you know just another integration package manager. You know we can work with what already exists. They were trying to 
break away from that. And now they've realized that they cannot be that on, on their own if they actually want to get buy-in and usage. <laughs> yeah, so they basically become like a node with with the security stuff, essentially. <laughs> well, I have to pitch. The other thing too, like beyond that, beyond the usefulness of Dino itself, the, the part that really gets to me is, do they have like, how are they making any revenue whatsoever, right? Because even if you have a useful tool, I could I could see Dino starting to challenge Node. I, I don't think that's wildly implausible, but I how are they going to make back millions of dollars on this investment? Because I believe all they sell is hosting and like that's so commoditized. I don't know, like why why would you host with them? Like I I just don't I just don't get what their actual business plan is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think for the hosting, like the nice thing about Versal is that it adds on a lot of stuff. They've got yeah. like a lot of like kind of connected bits, right? You know, that make you know, for mon- you know monitoring and all that. And so that's it's a nice experience. I don't know. There's mm, the Dino <laughs> Edge stuff is like okay, but Rome. Rome, I don't get it all. Yeah. <laughs> They're still I, going, it, I think. Yes. It, it <laughs> now thing. we're going to check on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I, yeah. TJ, I agree. I think that the VC funding is going to dry up. I think that some open source software tools that we either use or we heard about are going to disappear quietly. I think that we're going to see a lot of Web3 developers pivoting into different areas like AI. Uh. Yeah, crypto is in crypto winter in a big way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I Who think could have that, seen that coming. I mean that <laughs> that it's been going downhill for quite a while, but I think we're going to see a lot of people continue to walk away from NFTs and crypto everything, and yeah, go find different niches of employment. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what to say i i it's definitely not that you're totally right it is it is on its way out and but i guess uh, maybe i'm gonna go in the wrong direction with this but like you know in terms of like general trends but i do think like in terms of skill you should ac- try to acquire in 2023 i think you know learning cicd learning deployment there's a whole bunch of new kind of novel deployment methodologies that have come out and it's, it's boring and it's the, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, <laughs> but from a company perspective, from an employability perspective, that's really important for those companies. Like, you know, yeah. get out there, be able to deploy at edge really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And all of Debug that. your build pipeline and figure yeah. out why it won't. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, and I think actually there was, oh, right, the Docker guys kind of under the radar. They got some funding for doing a Dockerized version of CICD. So it was like specialized to that. And you could... Mm. You know, so you could run your your CI/CD locally mm-hmm. and debug locally, as opposed to like debugging through the CI/CD on GitLab yeah. or GitHub or whatever, where mm-hmm. you see the never-ending list of PRs. Now I'm trying this. Now I'm trying <laughs> that. Now I'm trying with you know with this environment variable. You know, like no, no, no. You get that all worked out, and and then you just poop, put, you put it onto on the GitLab or whatever, and and it works. That would be cool. That would, yeah. and that would definitely be something that I'm interested in because I know I've wasted tons of build minutes trying to figure out why a build is not working correctly mm-hmm. in GitHub Actions. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to think what the name of that thing was. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Put it in the show. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of if we want to keep the how are things to learn in 2023 going? I'll just add on another mention of Chat GPT just to say if you haven't tried it yet. 
you really should. And I don't mean like, you don't need to try it as in like, I'm gonna use it to build an app or anything like that. But just get in and just start talking with it and seeing what it can do. Because it's, it's mesmerizing, honestly. And I (laughs) think it'll take a lot of the fear out of it, too. Yeah, it's mesmerizing, but also kind of limited. Yeah. As you start to push it, you'll see the the limits of what it can do as well. And it's a it's interesting, though, but you can like I've started to I've actually used it more for non-coding related things. Like sometimes, like, how do I intro this email? Sometimes you can ask yes. GPT. Yeah. And it's it's pretty good. It's scarily good at things like that too. Or like yeah. from a DevRel perspective, like coming up with blog intros or titles, like oh, it's like little right. things like that. It's, yes. it's yeah, quite good. Using so. it for like YouTube titles. And it is yeah. just doing a good job on that. Yeah. That like it scary. understands patterns. Yeah. Yeah. I was hearing that that's already become an issue um, for teachers who are grading papers. There, um, there are already students who have figured out how to get it to write essays for them. So <laughs> now it's not just plagiarism you have to deal with. It's did an AI do my homework for me. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I will say somebody asked, like when I did my my video around, you know, I asked ChatGPT if it, you know, was going to take our jobs and it said it wouldn't. And one of the reasons was because of systems architecture and design and person was like hey did you ask it a systems design question and i'm like yeah i did and it actually gave like a classic senior engineer's answer which was here's option a here's option b it depends like it yeah. didn't even it, it's like totally equivocating it's like oh, i don't know you know for your thing mm-hmm. you do it this way it could be that no wrong answer well, that's another great reason why it won't end up taking our jobs is because there are so many ways to get the end result that you want. So you as a developer will know how the rest of your application is built, how right. what what frame of mind your team is in that's building it, all these different things that, that ChatGPT just can't. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do we have... Uh... Do we have any other things to learn in 2023 that we want to recommend? Well, one thing that I've been seeing a little bit more of, and I I would say I need to look into it too, is uh, TRPC. And I know that mm. we've, we've touched on it briefly, but it seems like it's getting to be more popular, at least among the early adopters who are into that. So if you if you like TypeScript, if you like type safety, if you've used GraphQL before, it seems like TRPC might be another new contender where it's a little bit less boilerplate, but it still gives you that kind of TypeScript feel to it. So, you know, it might be one worth actually looking into, even if you don't do anything too big with it, just to have an idea of what it is and how it works. Yeah, it's like if, if REST isn't doing it for you because you got to go and make the manually make the type bindings. Yeah. And- GraphQL is like, whoa, that's a lot to learn, man. That's like a lot. You know. <laughs> then TRBC is this beautiful mid-step, which is kind of like it's like kind of like kind of like REST, like what we use REST for generally, but but it's very well typed and very easy to type, which is great. Mm-hmm. If you're if we're interested, we should bring on Theo. He's he did the T3 stack, which is like Next.js plus TRPC. But I'm trying to think if there's anything on there. He'd be fascinating. And yeah, that's cool. TRPC yeah. is neat. And and if, if again going back to the video stuff, I, I, that one pretty good video that I did on it is blowing up over time, which is very weird. It like started off really weak, and now it's like bang, 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 bang. Everybody's in TRPC. Whoa, should should do another. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, VR. That would be my. Mm-hmm. I actually a friend of mine lent me a one of the new MetaQuest two headsets, 
thing's really cool, man. It's really cool. It's so much better than the old Oculus stuff. It's just, it's very nice. I don't, have you guys tried it at all? No, I haven't yet. Not that oh, yeah. one. I've tried, I think, one of the older meta uh, headsets, but not the newest one. Yeah, same here. I've got, I've got one of the older ones. I don't have the new one. And it's cool to try, but I found that it didn't like hook me. Like it was, mm. I, I loved trying it and using it and I played with it for a few days and then now it kind of sits on the shelf because I don't know I find it's so it's a big hassle to dig it out and Mm -hmm. put it on and the thing I can only use it for like 30 minutes at a time because then I my head starts to hurt I start to get nauseous so Mm -hmm. like getting it out and dealing with it and then just using it for like 30 minutes is just a big deal so I liked it I'm glad I I got it and I tried it out but I don't use it day-to-day anymore it's missing its killer app yeah 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 so let's go make it somebody (laughs) should go learn vr and make it i've heard the fitness i've heard the fitness apps in vr are quite good so really it'd be interesting to try that yeah yeah i've seen that you can visit like anywhere in the world too which is kind of cool or a lot of places in the world probably not anywhere yet but (laughs) a lot of places i just can't imagine like sweating into my headset down downward dog and you're just, oh god what <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah fitness is a good thing though take that up in 2023 yeah mm-hmm. yeah any other picks any other hot takes do we got we got anything before we before we move on to our own picks no we're good this is fun all right yeah i'd be interested to revisit this or write some of these down and come back towards the end of the year and see what actually transpired <laughs> cool well, then why don't we head into our picks and Jack, do you want to kick us off? Sure. I'm one of those people who really, I think a lot of us are kind of beats myself up for not making the best use of my time and feeling like I'm, you know, I'm never as productive as I should be and all that. And I was turned on to a book called 4,000 Weeks. And it's basically a productivity geeks take on how no productivity stuff works. And, and honestly, you're beating yourself up for the wrong reasons because you're because we created this culture of busy and there's no way that you can ever not, you can ever win that game. You know, if you ever, if you become the person who's hyper-efficient and I've done this, you know, you, you get on top of everything, your inbox zero and all you then people sort of notice and they you just give you more work and it never ends. It's like in this never ending cycle. And so it's, it's been an interesting read in like how to kind of deprogram myself and give myself a break from trying to just relentlessly do the rat race and try and figure out what's important to me and spend my time on that. Excellent. Nice. Paige, picks? Yeah, so my pick this week is going to actually be something that I got my husband for Christmas. And if you've been listening (laughs) for any length of time, you know that I am a big proponent of the adjustable desks. I love that you can, you know, get them to stand up, sit down, even if you're not doing it for a certain length of time, just being able to switch positions while you're working is really nice to me. So over Christmas, I found one, a standing or adjustable desk uh, that was under $200 from Amazon. Really? So it's called, yeah, it's called the Ergear Adjustable Standing Desk. Because I already have one, but my husband doesn't have one, didn't have one for his office. So I bought it, we assembled it. It took I don't know, an hour maybe to assemble because there's a bunch of parts. But after that, it works like a charm. So 
if you're looking for one and you are not ready to invest in the Uplift desk, which are very nice, but also quite pricey, uh, I would definitely say check out what Amazon has because they have a lot more options than there used to be just in general. And uh, I would definitely recommend this one for anybody who's looking for a, a nice entry point that's not too expensive, but is also you know, you don't have to hand crank it or anything like that. It's right. And, and you put your own top on it? Because that's cool. No, it actually comes with the top. Oh, um, so okay. yeah, all this stuff is included. The the legs, the motor, everything. You just put it all together. Um, it, the, we had got one with the black top, but there's one that comes with, you know, different colors of wood or what looks like wood. So there's there's some different options of sizes and, and finishes and stuff like that. But pretty pretty good. I'm a little bit jealous because I've, I've got an adjustable desk, but mine is about a decade old at this point. So it is like this behemoth, right? It's got this, <laughs> like the tech for this has come a long ways in the last decade because my wife has one that it's just so much more seamless in terms of how it moves. Mine sounds like a jet engine is taking <laughs> off when it goes up. But the thing is, once I have it in here, this thing is massive and like mm-hmm. disposing of it just sounds awful right and it does work right like i don't want to just get rid of something that totally that totally works either right so (laughs) well if you ever do decide to upgrade yeah check out what's available now (laughs) and the other thing you get into this whole weird area of the underside organization tools so if you want to get absolutely clean surface yeah and also adjustable then you got to make sure that everything is like anti-gravity you know like there's like these pans you can get and other things Mm -hmm. Little wire baskets for cords and yeah, Yeah. that that did become part of his problem as he was setting it up was how to organize all the cords (laughs) underneath, right? Yeah, because those bricks are heavy. You know the transformer yeah, bricks, and there's so many of them. There's like there's mm-hmm. one for your screen, and one for Everything the other screen. Has one. Everything's got a freaking brick. And you got to be careful too, because one one thing that's messed me up a few times is all your cords have to be long enough that they can extend into like a full stand. Yep, and, mm-hmm. and uh, as someone who stands kind of tall, that becomes even more of an issue because the desk has got to <laughs> get way up there. So, and when all your cords have to make it up that high, then good luck efficiently packaging them <laughs> down yeah. below. I've sort of given up on it. What I do is I, I mount a power strip underneath the desk and then everything goes Ooh, yeah. in the power strip. And then, yeah, there's got the one power strip cord going to the power. That's I need to have call. you over, Jack. I gotta <laughs> Reorganize. <laughs> got a task. Yeah, that, when I retire from coding, I'll be the, the Marie, Con- what is it, Condon or something like that? Of, Marie uh, Kondo. Of, yeah. Of, uh, of computer desks. <laughs> I'd watch that YouTube series. <laughs> <laughs> That would be fun, actually. Uh, All right. My pick for this week, kind of boring, but uh, AirPods Pro, I got those for Christmas. And they're just the the in-ear ones. And I think what has impressed me the most is how good the noise cancellation is for something that just goes in your ear. Because I was used to that only being available. I I never liked the the -the over-the-ear headphones. It's just, for whatever reason, they bother me. So I, I love the initial AirPods. But I hadn't tried ones the ones that have noise canceling in it. And I've just been impressed that it's for something that's a tiny little thing in your ear. It works shockingly yeah. good. So yeah. it, it makes such a difference on flights. You'll have to try that at some point, but it, boy, it really drowns out a whole lot of the engine and babies crying and all the <laughs> stuff that typically comes along with a regular flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was actually the main driver behind it because for the most part i don't use noise cancellation it's not very frequent that i so i was fine with my original airpods but on a plane man it's it's just so there's so much noise and you just can't yeah. get rid of it so 
question for you. So how much eye gear do you have? How much Apple gear do you have? What do you have? Oh, way too much. Uh, like, do you have an iPhone? I've got an iPhone. Mm-hmm. you have a, a well, Apple Watch? Apple Watch. Okay, cool. So you can get these stands, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a link. It's like 20 bucks for a stand. Like It charges everything. It charges the phone, charges the watch, charges the Air, your AirPods. And so you kind of like, you just take all that stuff off, put it you know, <laughs> next to your, where you put your wallet or your purse or whatever, and, da, 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 and you're done. Everything charges. Yeah, that would be nice for traveling, as I've discovered, because I, mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> I don't like... I don't know. I, I'm fine with my separate cords because I've got them all set up at the house. But like, it'd be nice to have just one thing to grab because traveling's mm-hmm. always like, oh god. Especially now with a full family, you go to travel and it's just like, oh yeah, we have we have to bring enough stuff to charge fifty-seven. Yes. Like the modern family travels with just this like oh, arm, god. just absolute ridiculous Armored number of cords. electronics. Yeah, <laughs> right. And every cord known to God. <laughs> just, yes. Thank so, goodness they're finally like like a EU is like nope nothing but USB C we're done we're done yeah. I'm, I'm still I'm moving in. towards so, that I'm still waiting for my first hotel to have a USB C port because I feel yeah. like they you can always find the regular USB like they're always in the yeah. clocks or the desks or whatever mm-hmm. nowadays but see never see I don't know well waiting for the day yeah yeah but sometimes the clocks don't have enough amperage to actually charge anything like they just <laughs> weak or something i don't even know yeah mess it's very you gotta ra- bring your own stuff it's very random yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well cool this was a fun chat i think we we yeah. definitely accurately predicted the future i don't absolutely 100 <laughs> you follow our advice nothing can go wrong <laughs> start bet everything on spelt start your new ai startup get out of crypto what what other advice did we have? Get into CICD. CICD. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Any last any last words for for our viewers before we wrap it up? Hope you have a great start to your 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy New Year. Be safe. Be, be kind. All right. Happy New Year. Uh, see everybody next week. See ya. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more.